Yo, man, this ain't Monday Night Football. This is the Rings Fuse Podcast. Let's get with it. What's up, wrestling fans? Welcome to the Ring Scoops Podcast. I am your host, the webmaster, Wade Needham. And um, I want to, first off, I want to welcome all the newcomers to the Ring Scoops Podcast that are here in this podcast for the first time. We have some new distribution. We have some new avenues, uh, places and whatnot that people are hearing the Ring Scoops Podcast on for the very first time. And I want I want to take this time to to thank you for tuning in, for giving us a shot, um, and uh, you know, for taking time out of your busy lives to check out Ring Scoops. Really appreciate it. So on this episode of the Ring Scoops podcast, I'm going to give my thoughts on Monday Night Raw from this week. I am currently recording this on Tuesday, November 2nd, 2021. The time is 3.27 p.m. Pacific time. Just to kind of timestamp that for you guys. Uh, NXT is tonight. Looking forward to watching NXT tonight as well. Uh, I will do my best to have another podcast episode with my thoughts on NXT. I would like to try to do this as a... a, um, uh, consistent thing to have little mini podcasts up giving my thoughts on each show that I watch throughout the week but anyway so Monday Night Raw last night we started things off with a main event caliber match for the Raw Women's Championship Becky Lynch defending against Bianca Belair and this was a fantastic match. This was like about the first 30-35 minutes of Monday Night Raw. Very strong bout between two strong personalities, strong in-ring performers. Uh, This was such a fantastic match. Like I said, it was a main event caliber, pay-per-view quality match on free television. And it kicked things off from Monday Night Raw. It was a very fun match to watch from the very first moment that the bell rang. Right? All the way up to the end of this match, I was I was on the edge of my seat. Um, both competitors looked absolutely strong, regardless of the outcome, in my opinion. Um, I do like the finish where Bianca went face first into the uh, or chest first or into the um, uh, exposed turnbuckle after Becky had ripped it off, and then Becky you know rolled her up. Also held some of the the tights and whatnot. Got the one, two, three. It protected Belair in a way. Um, she still has claim to be able to to challenge Becky at this point, and that's a good thing right there. They gave us a strong match. There was no BS, uh, you know, disqualification or count out. We got a we got a one, two, three. We got a pinfall in this thing, and Bianca still, like I said, has claim to challenge Becky for. The championship, and that's that's a cool thing right there. I like it when they do stuff like that. Um, but yeah, strong, strong opening to Monday Night Raw. I really liked it. I really did. I uh, can't wait to see what these two can do down the road. I think they have great chemistry with each other. I was thoroughly entertained by the match. Solid start to Monday Night Raw, and uh, like I said, that was the first half hour of the show. Uh, another match that we saw in the night was Rey Mysterio versus Austin theory. And I, I got to admit, man, I'm at first I was, I was very, uh, hesitant on this Austin theory guy. 
right? When they, they when they very first brought him in, I was like, all right, this is just some you know vanilla guy with no personality. Uh, you know, he he knows the basics in the ring, but nothing to really like you know pizzazz me. Um, but that has changed from that point up until right now. I think what they're doing with Austin Theory is really good. It's it's old school. It's a slow simmer. I think he's got a really good gimmick going on with the whole selfie thing, uh, and and making awkward selfies too. Like when uh, when Jeff Hardy, you know, was in the ring with him, right? And Jeff Hardy was on the mat and he took the selfie with him. When he took the selfie uh, backstage and he wanted a selfie with Ray and he's got he's got Ray and Dominic with their backs turned to him as they're going through the curtain and boom, he's getting a selfie. And it's just funny stuff to me. I, I It's just, I don't know, it's hard to describe. It's just, it makes me laugh when I, I see stuff like that. So I'm, I'm really liking what they're doing. Um, last week, you know, Dominic... And Austin Theory had a match. Austin Theory won. So tonight, it's Rey Mysterio and Austin Theory. Um, you know, and I thought that it, it was a good match between these two. Um, Ray is a very good competitor to be in the ring with. Because whether you're green or experienced, you're going to have a good match with Ray. Ray is a ring general. Ray's going to go in there with people that are inexperienced or not as experienced as him. And he can go in there with a seasoned veteran. And really tear it down. He he knows how to how to command an audience. He knows how to sell for his opponent. He's definitely got you know the advantage because he's a lot smaller than like ninety five percent of his opponents. So he could do a good sell job for them, make them look really good. I thought it was a really good match. Um, I you know a lot not a lot of people I saw on social media not a lot of people liked the finish to this match with the DQ and whatnot. But I thought that it made sense. I thought it made perfect sense. It was a well-executed, uh, you know, turn of events on the outside too, right? With Dominic helping Rey Mysterio reverse uh, what Austin Theory was going for into a tornado DDT on the outside, and then he gets in the ring, and the ref's like, "Yeah, no, that ain't happening, man. Disqualification." Because now we can see more stuff between the two, right? Austin Theory definitely has that victory over Dominic, but he has that questionable asterisk theory over Rey Mysterio because it was a DQ. So Rey and Austin Theory can continue their thing. Is it going to lead to, you know, Dominic getting another match with Austin Theory and then getting a victory back down the road? No idea. Is, is, Ray going to have a pay-per-view match with Austin Theory? Is it going to be a handicap match? Will it be maybe a Austin Theory and a mystery partner versus Ray and Dominic? What they could do with that, too, is they, they could tease that up and, and they could rehash how um, uh, New Legacy started, right? Or not New Legacy. New Legacy is the CAW group on, uh, on Twitch. Legacy, that was the, the name of the actual group. Um, you know, with uh, with Orton, Cody, and DiBiase. Remember, DiBiase had a mystery partner to take on Hardcore Holly and Cody Rhodes, and it turned out that Cody Rhodes was actually his mystery partner, and they become tag team champions, and eventually they aligned themselves with Randy Orton, and they started Legacy. What if they did something similar to that, where you're going to have Ray and Dominic going up against Austin Theory, and it turns out that Dominic is Austin's actual partner, he turns on Ray 
and you have a little thing going on there. And then, of course, down the road, you know, Austin Theory could jab at Rey Mysterio for a while. They can run a little series of events. Uh, lead it up to, like, the Royal Rumble. Um, let's say Dominic, uh, you know, and, and Ray go at it, not in a one-on-one, but in the Royal Rumble match itself. And uh, Ray eliminates Dominic. Dominic gets pissed off. They start going at it and leads up to a match at WrestleMania. Um, and maybe it could be... You know, if uh, if Ray wins, Dominic has to leave the WWE. If if Dominic wins, you know, Ray has to leave. But then he gets the mask or something like that. Hey, just, just something you can hash it out later. Just what is this going to eventually lead up to? What is this going to lead up to? That's the big question, and it, it's it's a good story. I'm I'm really liking it. Kind of steering away way off of my thoughts on on Monday Night Raw, but you know what? That's okay. That's all right. Uh, up next, we got Nikki A.S.H. and Rhea Ripley taking on Carmella and Queen Zelina Vega. And uh, they announced it as a uh, tag team championship contenders match. And uh, it was Zelina and uh, Carmella that got the victory. Um, I wasn't really that big of a fan of this matchup, uh, especially the early goings. Towards the end, it picked up. It got really, really good at the end, uh, but a little too late you know, for it to be like a really good match to recommend watching. Um, it, it is what it is though. It was a thrown together match. No depth to the history, uh, yet. And, uh, you know, this the, just the big beginning of thing. It, it didn't suck. It, let me put it that way. It, it didn't suck. Um, you know, they, they, they made the match what it was. It, there was a lot of room for improvement, but it, Still, it was it was okay. It was it was all right. Uh, next match: uh, Finn Balor, Chad Gable. Uh, yeah, Chad Gable cut a great promo backstage uh, on Monday Night Raw. I know this has nothing to do with the match against Finn Balor, but uh, he cut a great promo backstage um, against Biggie. Um, I really enjoyed it. I think it showed a lot of uh, skill that Chad Gable has that he has not been able to show yet. Hopefully, you know, somebody's taking notice backstage. Hopefully they liked the promo that he cut and maybe he gets a little bit more mic time. That's something that I think that not a lot of wrestling uh, personalities get nowadays to get themselves over is, is mic time. Uh, back in the day, you know, somebody can have a really good character. They get on the mic and they get that character over. Nowadays, it seems like the way they expect personalities to get their characters over is through either you know their in-ring matches or through certain actions and whatnot, and not so much from a vocal standpoint. And I think you need the vocal aspect to get that personality over to make your actions make sense. You know, you need to learn how to crawl before you walk, right? You know, I think you need to learn how to talk before you act. Uh, if that makes any sense, Chad Gable is one of those guys that like he, he he can go in the ring, he can put on a really good match. He's a fantastic competitor. He knows how to get the job done in those uh, inside those ropes. I think he knows how to get it done on the microphone. It's just a, a a matter of those in charge seeing that in him and, and giving him the opportunity to do it. 
Finn Balor and Chad Gable, I thought it was a good match. Finn Balor and Chad Gable, come on, think about it. These two guys can have good matches with anybody. Then you put them together, and they did have good chemistry with each other. They have all the tools necessary to put on a great show. You know what I mean? Chad Gable is... I know there's a lot of comparisons. I I know from, from a physical aspect, definitely a lot of good comparisons to Kurt Angle. But from a personality standpoint, he get in the ring, his looks, his personality. This guy really is the strongest comparison, strongest parallel to Kurt Angle. If they would just give him a chance, just that's it. Give him a chance. Finn Balor got the victory here. No surprise. Um, they're not going to give a guy like Chad Gable a victory over Finn Balor. No offense to Gable, but it's just a fact. Um, what surprised me was that Otis didn't have any involvement really in this match much. He was just on the outside. It was a clean finish. Um, not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, they could work towards something. Maybe if they did a, if they did a Chad Gable Finn Balor program, I would not be upset over that. Um, eventually lead to Finn Balor versus Otis would be really cool too. Um, or like I was talking about earlier with the, you know, Rey Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio and Austin theory. If they work their way up to maybe a tag match or something like that, maybe they could do that. Uh, the alpha Academy versus Finn Balor and a mystery partner. And, um, I don't know, Finn Balor, let's say, screw it. He brings in Samoa Joe, right? You got Joe back on the main roster. Joe's teaming up with Finn Balor. They can have like a, you know, a match or two against alpha Academy. And then maybe Joe turns on Finn Balor and you have a program between Finn Balor and, and, and Samoa Joe leading into WrestleMania. And, uh, that could be, you know, skyrocketed for whoever comes out, the victor of that program into the world title match, the world title picture, just trying to kind of think towards the future at the same time while watching the show. You know what I mean? Just to get an idea, just to really extremely rough cut ideas. Obviously, you know, if I spent like a week or so hashing these out, they'd probably sound a lot better. But from the top of my head, like I said, extremely rough cuts, you know, ideas. That's it. That's it. All right. So, Street Profits, Dolph Ziggler, and Robert Roode. I like the teaming of Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode, but at the same time, oh my God, I yearn so much for a singles run and a push for Robert Roode. I I don't want to say, I don't want to use the words, but I do think that he his talents may be wasted here in this tag team situation. Don't get me wrong, because I love them as a tag team. I love to see what they could do. I think their characters gel together very well. I think it's a great tag team. But Robert Rude, man, deserves a singles push. Jesus Christ, he deserves a singles push. But hey, you know what? Not every single person could be at the top at the exact same time. I think they they missed the boat with him on a singles push, you know, when they first brought him up on the SmackDown a couple of years back. But it is what it is. Right now, there's a lot of people up there in the top echelon of both brands, Raw and SmackDown. So, you know, at least he's getting some TV time. He's being used. He's got a paycheck. He's doing something he likes. I, I can't complain there. 
Street Profits, as always, very entertaining. I thought this was a great tag team match. Um, if this, uh, you know, is any indication as to what the tag team division on, on Raw is going to be uh, cooking up for everybody in the near future uh, on a consistent basis, I'm all for it. Um, really good action. Uh, you had uh, RK Bro on commentary for this uh, this matchup. And, um, you know, Profits, RK Bro, a little stare down there. Uh, but, you know, it was good. You know, four to Dawkins. These guys are just amazing in the ring. It, you know, it was it was really good. Um, if you're gonna watch anything out of uh, Monday Night Raw, if you're gonna like fast forward through some stuff and actually watch some stuff, you know, this add this match to the list of things to you know check out. Uh, Damian Priest versus T Bar, no disqualification match. Uh, really good work between these two. Uh, I know a lot of people, like 90% of the people online, they don't like the name T-Bar. They don't like his look. They don't like the gimmick. You know, they want Dominic Dijakovic back. I, I'm, I don't care. I have no problem with the name T-Bar. I've got no problem with his look. Um, you know, whatever they give him, if he's able to pull it off, then to me, that's okay. I've got no problem with it. I'm, I'm not an extremist on this kind of stuff I'm not you know I'm in the middle I couldn't care less either way it seems like he's finally found a groove in a way and they're putting them in the ring with the right opponents and it's starting to make some sense if this turns out to be a strong program for both T-Bar and Damian Priest where they're both elevated by the time they're coming out of it you can't complain too much about that the only thing, you could just nitpick little things like a name. All right? Uh, Damian Priest is just on fire right now. I, you know, I liked his work in NXT. I enjoyed it. I cheered him on. I was a fan. But I was not a huge fan. I wasn't like over the top like, holy crap, Damian Priest is going to be the most badass person in the world. But since he's been over on the main roster, and especially in the last, say, three months, I don't know where that little slag just came out, three months. Um, but yeah, in the last three months, he has impressed me. This dude has got the look, he's got the charisma, he can get the job done in the ring. Uh, you know, he's the new music that he has, I think, is just, uh, you know, fits him even better. Then the old music, not to say the old music sucked, it didn't, it worked for him. The whole, you know, the archery thing, you know, where he would shoot the arrow and, you know, the his name would come up on the screen, all that stuff. That was good. It was very good, especially in NXT. It was different. What they're doing with him right now on the main roster, I have no complaints about. Damian Priest is going to be a guy to watch in the next year or two. I don't think he's necessarily ready to win, say, the upcoming Royal Rumble. But the 2023 Royal Rumble, keep an eye out for him. He could definitely be in contention to win that one day. The main event of Raw, Big E versus Kevin Owens. Good stuff. Good stuff there, man. Big E is the WWE champion. I think he's doing a great job as the champion. I think they're doing a way better job 
with Big E and balancing the serious and comedy stuff better than they did with Kofi Kingston. But that's not to say that's anything on Kofi or a fault of Kofi's or even the writing team. I just think that Big E is is definitely more believable to be a strong, serious dude that's going to whoop some ass when he needs to compared to Kofi. Kofi's personality is so much stronger as a happy-go-lucky, I'm happy to be here kind of thing. When he absolutely needs to, he can pull out the serious stuff and, you know, kick some ass in the ring. But Big E just makes more sense to be able to balance that a lot more than a Kofi Kingston. And they're doing a fantastic job with that. Um, and I know some of the out there is going to be like, yo, why are you even comparing these two? Like, it's just no sense I'm comparing them because they both come out of the new day thing. Uh, they both are comedy characters. They are both WWE champions, Kofi, former champion, biggie, current champion. When Xavier Woods, notice I say when, not if, but when Xavier Woods down the road wins a world championship, you bet your bottom dollar. I'm going to assess how they're doing with him the same way that I am with Big E and how they did with Kofi Kingston. Because these three characters, while in the same group, they gel together very well. They have very similar personalities, but they are also very, very different. Very different in-ring styles, very different characters, different personalities. So I want to see how they're going to do with them. They did. They, I liked Kofi's run. I'm loving Big E's run, and I cannot wait for Xavier's run down the road if it's any indication as to how they've handled these two guys. But anyway, this match here, Big E, Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens um, is an interesting character because like, when he first came in, you know, he shocked the world, right? With that run that he had with John Cena. And then he kind of lingered just for a little bit there in the, in the, in the mid-card. And then he was universal champion for a lot longer than a lot of people thought he was going to be. How he lost the belt, now that's an argument for another day. That's a discussion for a whole other day right there, right? But his reign as the universal champion was good. Did not like how he ended it. But it was a good run. I thought he was a great universal champion. Um, He could be a main event player when he needs to be. He could be a mid-card guy when he needs to be. This is a guy that understands that you don't always have to be on top to be successful. Whatever creative has for you, you do to the best of your ability. You get it over. You do your job. Kevin Owens understands that. So right now, they popped him in the main event scene. And I think he's a strong personality and a strong in-ring performer to get what they need out of Big E as the champion. Um... I thought overall, good match. Really, really good match. Seth Rollins involved in it as well because Seth Rollins last week, number one contender now, won that, that ladder match. So we got Big E and Seth Rollins to look forward to down the road. I just think overall, I think Raw, since this shakeup with the draft and everything after you know Crown Jewel, Raw has been delivering. I think Raw has better pros than cons each week, the last two, three weeks. I think they are definitely on an upswing uh, to getting, you know, better. It's more enjoyable than it has been. 
And I really liked this week's Monday Night Raw. I think you had a very strong opening match. You had some really good stuff sprinkled all in between. And you ended with a really, really good match. You've had some balances of people getting on the mic and getting their characters over. You had good in-ring performances. To me, Raw was an all-round, solid, pro-wrestling television show. It had faults. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it was perfect. But compared to the last 10 months of this year, you cannot tell me that this week's episode is not in the talks of top 10 best episodes of Raw this year. Or maybe even in the last two years. I thought it was pretty good. I want to know what you guys think. Hit me up on social media. Facebook dot com slash ring scoops uh, on Twitter and Instagram at ring scoops. If you're listening to this on a web page, as a comment section, leave a comment down below. Uh, you can hit me up. My email address is ring scoops at gmail.com. And I, I really hope you guys enjoyed this uh, ring scoops podcast talking about this week's Monday night raw. I really appreciate it. Uh, don't forget, check out uh, Ring Scoops on Pro Wrestling Tees as well. ProWrestlingTees.com slash Ring Scoops. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Ring Scoops. Uh, and for the podcasts, Anchor.fm slash Ring Scoops as well. And the Ring Scoops card game. Um, check that out. If you have not heard about the Ring Scoops card game, it's a great party game for you and all your friends. You guys can cut promos on each other. Just have a really good old time. You can also use it as uh, as a tool to improve and sharpen your skills with improv and cutting promos as well. If you're a worker out there and you're looking for you know creative ways to try to improve your, your mic work, the card game is perfect for that as well. So it's fun for just fans in general, and it can also be a really good tool for workers in the ring. So check that out, ringscoops.com, the ringscoops card game, all your info right over there. Like I said, ringscoops.com. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. I'm the webmaster Wade Needham saying thank you, good night, and be cool. <laughs>